And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. Or S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's make it up. Let's actually make some. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Since we're no exception, this is What We Think. I am S. Sadie Burbank. And I am David K. Montoya. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Welcome, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Let's get ready to babble. Just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to episode 25. Oh, thank you, We God. are here. Uh, now, this is the last one of the short ones, right? This or is, is this it. the first this one is... that we can blab all we want? This is, we can blab all we want. Oh, that feels good, because I do like to blab. Yes. Yes, and so do you. We're made for each other that way. <laughs> <clears throat> and we definitely put the blab on last night. Yeah, we blabbed in, in, uh, in mass. Last yes. night we celebrated our um, our one year Podorama. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the time this is recorded and, and launched, mm. um, so that will be Saturday. After, so the Monday after Thanksgiving or before? Let's no, see. No, wait. Yeah, it it'd be the twenty twenty eighth. Oh, no, Something 28th like is Thanksgiving. 28th is Thanksgiving. I think, yeah, 30th so, is so the Saturday 30th. After. So this is November 30th. Okay. So okay. on the 25th. Happy wedlock to my friend Lynette. She's getting married that day. Ah. <laughs> um, so on the 25th, that Monday, uh-huh. we'll play the episode 52. Uh-huh. So the listeners can go and listen to episode 52. It, it was... Of seeing of red. Of seeing red, yes. Right. I should... right should mention that um because that's where we celebrated our group year yes and that was podcasters that was um it was a little stressful especially in the beginning (laughs) yeah david kind of lost control right away not he didn't i don't mean that that way he didn't lose control he didn't he never had control is the problem. That's the problem. Uh yeah. and and being a, basically a control freak as we both are, <laughs> I totally know how that went for you, but it even so, it it was it was laid back, it was spontaneous, it was not structured, it wasn't organized, no. but I think it came off okay. Well, I I was able to get in some and because of running around, well I should mention this too is that Saturday, because we recorded on Sunday, but that Saturday I worked. So I came, got off work, got the cake, and um, came home, went to sleep, got up at 2, did some running around, went to uh, Best Buy because I, I you know, wanted to get the gear. Right. For the, and right. came home. And your wife wasn't feeling well. And everybody Lacey was not feeling well. Right. And by the time I got here... You were, you and Ernie were. We were here, here ready to roll. And God bless him. He, he, he <laughs> did. And he was just awesome. Ernie is so cool. He's the man. He, he uh, totally... took pictures of the event, which yeah. you'll, in order to see the pictures, because I am going to post them online, what you do is you go to Scene Red, go 
you click on the link that says episode 52. Uh-huh. You click on that link and it'll look like a similar page to what you're seeing already, but it's just one episode mm-hmm. instead of seeing, you know, the other episodes. Uh-huh. And then beneath that, you just scroll down a little bit and you'll be able to see the videos that everybody, uh-huh. uh, because we had some, you know, we th- did have uh, some great vids. Yes. We had some great friends who, who congratulated us on our one year. Uh, anniversary and they sent video recordings yes. of their congratulations. It was very cool. And plus all the pictures that Ernie took. Well, not all of them. Yeah, uh, some of them have my, the back of my head where the cowlick shows are not going to be permitted. But, <laughs> I'm just telling you that right out now. But, uh, so you just do that and you can scroll down. You can see the videos. You can listen to the show. And you can look at the pictures. We did have a good time. Right. I was able to get in and get the questions that I wanted to ask. And that right. was what I was going to, what I was leading to is by the time I got home from, I, well, I hit Starbucks because I needed Starbucks. Yeah. Um, because I only slept for a few hours, but I hit Starbucks. I hit, um, Best Buy. Plus I stopped by our local, uh, food market and picked up. Punch and ice and whatnot. Right. Got here. You guys were already here. Right. So I was like, shit, because I knew I had questions <laughs> in my head that I knew I was going to do. So I sat down. Well, first we put up all the mics, which was quite an undertaking in itself. Yes. And I, and then I, they didn't all get put up. Right. Because one of them's little dick was too small <laughs> for the hole and it didn't work. That was Terry's. Terry's yeah. dick was too little for the hole. That would be the Mike Dick, actually. <laughs> we then, really don't know about Terry's dick <laughs> and the hole, to be very honest. Oh goodness. Uh, anyway. And then Aaron forgot his his headset. Right. So he had to share with Rebecca, which right. they they came through fine. And and then Lace and I wound up sharing a mic. Well, actually, what did? Yeah, we shared. Yeah, Lace, you we and Lace shared a mic, shared a and mic. then. Terry took the mic I had, had. Right. So it worked out good, it, I thought, you know, except for the echo. There's this major echo thing going on. Um, hopefully by the time it's up online, I sent it to um, Ian Basor, who he, he, he is a genius of a man. He is. He's very intelligent. Not only is he a trained voice actor, but he's also very, I guess, being a voice actor, you have to kind of have a knowledge of, you know, uh, electronics, audio production. Or, oh, equipment. there you go. Okay. And, um, I sent them, I'm like, help, you know, yeah, because yeah. if I can't fix it by this point, yeah, it's fucked. It, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I sent it to him. And well, and Ian, by way of explaining to those who may not know, Ian is our, uh, announcer. Yes. Would you say? Yes. And, that's appropriate. Yeah. And, and does a fine, fine job for us. We're very proud to have him. Ian is the guy when you hit play and then within half a second comes in and it says, you know, uh, enjoy this free Jaisal Modcast show. Right. That's Ian Basor. He also does the, uh, commercial for Red Hills, Green Vines and, Dry. and Dried Monkey Meat. He right. also, he, well, all he does the entire yeah. av- advertisement run. Right. Yeah. He's, um, he's great. And like I said, we're very lucky to have him. So hopefully by the time, and I've got to stop, I've got to stop. I don't care. I, okay. I, because I, I'm looking, I don't know if you noticed, but I just glanced over to see uh-huh. the time. We don't have to worry about time. No, we time. don't have to worry about the time. It's just ah. the force of habit. Yeah, and, and, and that's cool because I don't have to worry about the time because Ernie's working tonight. Ha ah. And I'm not, and I've got leftovers to cook. Hmm. 
you don't have to worry about anything. Your wife's sick in bed, so you don't. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to worry about uh, cooking for her. Well, actually, I am so, going to cook for her. Are you going to cook for her yes. tonight? You're a good man. I. What are you going to cook? I make some good tacos. Tacos. Yeah, I don't make them as God. good as her. That seems like a, an elaborate effort. Well, I bought the pre-made shells. I don't. Do oh, there the, you go. I don't do the there whole. You go. That's okay. No. Listen, anything a man cooks and puts out and it's edible, aces. Aces. Ernie's a good cook. See, he I'm doesn't cook very often, but when he does, he can do a good job. I'm not. I don't think I'm a good cook. His forte is cheesecake. I've yet he to have is, some. You will get some this Christmas. He's going to be making some cheesecakes. Yeah, he's he's the man when it comes to cheesecake. Um. Anyhow, we were talking about last night. We sort of got distracted. Yeah. But anyway, we did. We had a good time. Um, I was able to get the questions I asked. I, the only thing that I'm very happy about is I, I had it structured to hit a certain comment. I, I, and Rebecca actually accused me of zoning out and it's not true. I don't zone out. I'm listening to every single mm. word you're saying. Mm-hmm. But as you're speaking, I'm processing. If I know there's something else that needs to be said, I'm processing, processing, catch that keyword right. and segue. Right. Yeah. I get it. I understood. I, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe it's, does she do that on her, on their podcast or is, is, are you the one? More or less directing traffic on the on seeing red. I I am. It's I don't listen to theirs. I don't listen to mine. So well, you, you know, know, I don't listen to any of them. Well, you know how I always say, um, you know, this show is your show. You're yeah, the star yeah, of the yeah, show. Yeah. Seeing red's my show. Right. So, but my point is, but yeah, if she it, hasn't had to do that, then she wouldn't understand. No. I have to do it with with don't get us started. Right. Because between us, I'm more or less the the verbal director, as it were. Yes. Of what we're going to talk about, how we're going to talk. So I do like you do. I'm I'm always looking for that opening, s- that something that I can use for a segue to another comment or or whatever. So I understood it, but unless you've had to do that before, you might not. And I, I have to admit that was very difficult with six other people. Yeah, that would have been very hard because I'm listening to everybody. Very hard. Looking for that keyword, and and believe it or not, folks, I was able to snatch onto that keyword every time. And not only was it six different people, but six different programs. Yes. And and so each person at the table was coming to the table, so to speak, from their own program's point of view. Right. So, and I thought you did a really good job of of managing to keep that in your head. For me, I would have. I would have melted down into just the six of us talking and I would have lost track of the fact that, you know, Rebecca and Aaron are coming from Seeing Red and Lacey from Don't Get Us Started and, and so on. So it, it, and, you did a good job. I and think. we're here. So that means that we had Reaper Rick and Terry Desheer in, in the, the same, same location at the same time the universe did not implode we are good not only in the same room at the same time but actually in the same chair yes yes in the same space so now uh basic physics no two things in the same space at the same time so eat that no Einstein. longer true <laughs> <laughs> no longer no longer valid but yes it was it was uh because and the, the cake was good 
The cake was very, oh, yes. very. Now, how did you like the? I mean, the visually, how did you like the way the the cake came out? Oh, I thought it was gorgeous, and and they'll see it. The listeners yes. will see the picture of the cake, and the cake has the picture of our website on it. And I thought they did a really good job. It was you could tell who it was, uh, and I I think even in the pictures, right. they'll be able to see that. Oh yeah, that's the picture that's on the website for that you show. Know. Yeah, right. yeah. I thought the the translation did very well from picture to cake, as it, it were. It wasn't that expensive, you know. As no, far really, as that it was goes. what five extra bucks or something. It was. It, was, it came out to six bucks just for that extra, printing, yeah, you know, process. Which you know, remarkable what they can do these days. And I know? actually got a piece of cake. Which were you the one that cut that out? No, I I told Lace. I said, you know. We want to eat our own pictures. Yeah. So, you know, she was she was careful to cut each person's picture. Because I looked down and I seen it was the scene red. Yeah. And I just started cracking yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We worked on that. Very cool. It was a, it was a dual effort on our part. So here we sit one year later. Mm-hmm. And you would think the story ends there, folks. Mm-hmm. But the story does not end. <laughs> so we wrap it up. We, we went for about an hour and six minutes. Um, about an hour and six minutes. That's so funny. That's like yesterday when you I said what time you said. Oh, I don't know. About four thirty-five, and I go about four thirty-five. That sounds like a pretty pretty definite time period to me. And then you meant you told me later you meant four thirty or five. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> no, I I know for a fact it went an hour and six six minutes. minutes yeah. And, but, but were we okay time wise with that? We're episode that was episode fifty-two. Oh, so it was okay. Well, yeah. I know, but you know, today you said this is episode twenty-five, and so we can go ahead. Right. But last night, for seeing red was episode fifty-two. Oh, so they were okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just worried <laughs> for nothing. Um, the only the there's only one show left that we have to worry about time. Now. That's ours. Don't get us started. Don't don't get us started. Yes. Okay. Okay. And. Um, so anyway. So anyway, we finished up the show. Everybody kept talking about cake, and I figured, you know, and it was making me hungry, and mm. I was like, okay, let's just eat. Mm. And so we wrapped up. That's why we wrapped up early. Yeah. Um, it was time. We sort of had run the gamut anyhow. You know. So we all had cake. We chatted. Believe it or not, even after an hour of, of podcasting, we all stuck around for like another hour just chit-chatting it's... with everybody, eating cake and, and just visiting. And you... You left, well, you and Ernie left first, right? No, actually, uh, um, Rebecca and Aaron pulled out just before we pulled out. Oh, okay. So, Be- yeah, I know they needed to go. We were sort go- of going in their footsteps, as okay. it were. Because I know they needed to go home because they, you know, started back to school today. Right. Today was Monday, right. so they went back right. to school. They had to wash yeah. their uniforms and stuff. Okay, so that's, we left that's right where that. my knowledge ends. <laughs> I seen you guys walk out the door. So, Mm -hmm. tell us what happens. Well, we got in the car, (laughs) and uh, Ernie said he wanted to go to uh, one of the local do-it-yourself stores, big box stores, to get some stuff for his new smoker that I got him, Mm -hmm. some, uh, what do you call it, wood chips. So, I said, okay, that's easy. I know how to do that from here, because they go a different way than we would have gone to go home. Right. And as it as it turned out, we were actually following Rebecca and Aaron uh, maybe two or three hundred yards behind them. Okay. Okay. So we left, uh, pulled down your street 
to the first cross street, which is Wren. Right. Made a left there, went down block and a half to Navajo, Mm -hmm. turned right, and I saw their car well ahead of us. Right. But uh, just as we got on Navajo, I looked ahead, and coming across the street, sort of at a diagonal, not going across the street, but, you know, Right. Crossing the oncoming lane at a at an angle was this woman. Uh huh. Was this woman who was uh, dressed in white? She was uh, good thing she was dressed in white. She showed up at, and her hair was white, so that helped. Right. Uh, and she was. I won't say she she well she was sort of running. It's hard to tell. Walking really fast or running. I don't know. Young, old? Uh, I couldn't tell at that point. Just saw white hair. Couldn't tell if it was blonde, young, or white, old. Right, right. Uh, slender build, tall. And I honked on the, I slowed almost to a stop and honked on the horn <coughs> two or three times, uh-huh. like, hello, you're in the street kind of honking. And she then came directly at our car and started with the hood and all the way to my door, just banging on the, as loudly as she could. By then, I'd stopped, and um, screaming uh, that she, please help me, please help me. They're trying to rape me over there in that house over there, pointing back to where she had come from. Right. And uh, in a, in a hysterical sort of half scream, crying kind of thing. If I could no, clear, characterize point, it, you know. At this point, because how close she was? Was she young? Uh, Again, I wasn't paying attention to the fact of her age. Okay. I really wasn't. I was trying to focus on... The matter uh, at hand. Yeah, I was in the street. It was, it, Navajo's a busy street, yes. so I wanted to kind of get out of the street. I wanted her to get off my car, so to speak. Uh, and so I had, and I had rolled the window down just a little bit so she would know... Hang on. So she could... Uh, speak to me and know that I was listening to her. Right. That's why I rolled the window down. Only about six inches. Okay. Because she was really all over the car, hand-wise. And I know if it wasn't locked, she probably would have tried to get in. Right. She was hysterical. Um, and I said, she's, you know, please, you know, she's saying, please, please help me. I said, I will help you. I said, go over and stand. I gestured to the side of the road. I said, go over there and stand. I will call the police for help. So she walked over to the side of the road, and I pulled off the road enough that people could go by me anyway. Right. And put the car in park, because I was not about to turn off the engine yet, because I still at this point don't know what the fuck's going on. Right, right. I don't know if people are going to come out from the bushes in the dark or what, you know. So I, Ernie gave me his phone because I couldn't find mine. (laughs) Uh, No surprise there. And um, I called 911, and I uh, said, you know, they've got this hysterical woman. She looks like she's been bleeding. It looks like she has blood on her shirt. She's screaming that someone was trying to rape her, and um, she's hysterical, and I think she needs help. And, of course, the first thing out of this lady's mouth, the dispatcher, was, where are you? And I'm going, oh, fuck. I said, I know the name of this street as well as I know my own, but I was so flustered by what had happened, I could not think of the word Navajo. Right. And I said, well, it starts with an N. And by then, Ernie was outside because cars had come up behind us. Right. 
And I figured, well, they're behind us because they see this lady is back there and then I'm off the road almost and all this stuff. So they're trying to help, you right. know. And so I go, honey, what street, what's the name of the street? Well, he doesn't know because he doesn't know his neighborhood. He says, I thought it was Kiowa. And I said, no, it's not Kiowa. And so I told the dispatch, I said, well, it starts with an N, and that's all I can remember right now. And she goes, is it Nisqually? And I go, no, 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 no. I said, it's in Apple Valley, and it's just up from Kiowa near Wren. And she goes, Navajo? And I go, yeah, that's it. So I said, okay, we're at Wren and Navajo. And she goes, okay. Um, she said, I'll be sending somebody out. So I get out of the car because now there's a lot of cars around me. Right. Uh, one from the oncoming lanes had stopped, pulled over and stopped, and then at least two or three behind me. And I get out of the car and this woman is on the ground now behind me on, mostly on asphalt, but her feet are still in the gravel and the shoulder. Right. Okay. And all these people are all around her, and this little girl is in one of the cars, which is still actually in the middle of the street, and she's screaming, Grandma this and Grandma that. And so I, I came up to her, and I said, I've got the police coming, you know. And by this time, I can see this woman is looking up, but she's not seeing anything. Right. You know, and I said, does anybody have anything we can put over her to keep her warm? Because she was just in... Uh, knee length pants and a, and a short sleeve shirt, a thin short sleeve shirt, you know, and it's, right. it was 58 or so degrees outside, cold enough to, you don't want to lay on asphalt. Right. And I said, somebody got a coat or something we can put on her. And at the same time, this, there were probably at that point, I'd say good 15 people milling around and some of them screaming hysterically mom are you okay and this and that you know um and and others down talking to her on their knees trying to talk with her and stuff like that so it was very hectic situation and there was no way i could get everybody's attention so i just yelled as loud as i could somebody get something to cover this woman up with it's cold out here right and so uh, I said, a, a shirt, a coat, anything. And I was not about to take my coat off and put on her because I wasn't planning on staying that long. Right. Anyhow, besides that, I figured when I was hearing the grandma and the mama and stuff like that, I figured these people know this lady. So somebody went to get something to put on her. And there was a man kneeling over her. And I said, I said, do you know this woman? And she goes, yes, we've been looking for her since one o'clock today. And she'd been drinking, I don't know how long, I don't know where, I don't know how much, and for some reason left their uh, group. Uh-huh. They didn't know where she went. They had an idea. And then the house that she had indicated where she said she was being attacked, uh, there was one of the daughters was actually from that house, lived there apparently, or what had been there. And, you know, it was all really very, very confusing, right. you know. And I look, I get down close to this lady because I'm trying to get some information so when the officers come, I can help them understand what's going on because I was there seeing it and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Right. And I get down close to her to talk to her and she looks up at me and she goes, fuck you, I don't even, I don't even want to talk to you or something like that. She had no idea who I was. And I said, I'm the lady you stopped in the street for help and asked for help. I'm trying to help you here. And this little face comes in my face, this little child 
who I guess she was about eight or nine years old, the one that had been in the car screaming, Grandma this and Grandma that, she gets her little face in my face and she's pleading with me, please leave her alone. She Don't don't talk to her. Leave her alone. And I said, honey, and I just picked her, picked her up physically and guided her toward mommy. And I said, you go do your little girl thing over there, okay? Because I'm trying to help your grandma here. You know, I just really it irritated me that this child was even had to be there. I, I was thinking to myself, you know, what if they'd been out since 1 o'clock, wasn't there... With all the family members they had there, wasn't there one of them that could have taken care of the kid? Right. You know, but anyhow. So all these all these people are still milling around, and this officer finally comes up, thank God. And I told him what little I knew. I said, you know, started with she was banging on my car, screaming she wanted help. I pulled over, had her go stand over there, and the next thing I know, she's behind me. I began to realize that all the people who came back or came up afterwards behind me because of where she was lying down and the position of my car, they thought I had run over her. Because <laughs> people were saying, has she been run over? I said, no, she hasn't been run over. She fucking laid down on the ground, you know? Right. And I don't know. It, well, was, it, was, in, it was insane. It was, it, was, it was insane. It was the only word <laughs> I can think of. And so I told, yeah, I told the officer and he says, is she hurt? I said, I don't know. I said, when I first saw her, it looked like there was blood on her shirt and on her face, but looking at her now, I don't know if it's blood or if it's dirt or rust or what. That's not my department. Right. Okay. And I said, she claims she was being attacked, that they were trying to rape her in a house down the street here. And at that point, one of the ladies said, well, I know that house and I know the, the SOB that lives there, and he's a, you know, and on and on and on. And so the cop goes down, and he's trying to talk to her, trying to talk to the family members. And, of course, none of them were there when it happened, but they all had their two cents worth to put in of course. about it, you know. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us.
Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to swing? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one- to two-minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at And then the the paramedic, well, not paramedics, but the fire department, fire, fire yeah. truck, you know, with paramedics on it, uh, fire guys on it. Thank you, fire guys, for your work last night, and officer, whoever you were. Um, anyhow, so I'm I'm trying to back out of the whole thing because I I don't really know anymore. Anyhow, and everybody else that that did know anything about historically what was the problem was right there. If they wanted to know, all they had to do was line them all up and ask them questions. And at this point, it sounded like it was turning into a three-ring circus. It was, had been a three-ring circus. You know, she was the first ring, and then (laughs) it just kind of went to hell in a handbasket after that. And so I... I, uh, said to the office, and I still got the phone to my ear, like I'm talking, trying to talk to the dispatcher. She's not even there anymore. You know, once the officer showed up, he probably clocked out with her. Right. And she hung up on me, and I didn't know I'm still holding on to the phone, you know. So I gave Ernie the phone. I said, here's your phone. Let's go. Well, no, first I said to the officer, I said, do you need anything more from me? And he said, no. And I said, fine, I'm out of here. So I gave Ernie the phone. I said, come on. Well, Ernie's standing there talking to this guy. And I'm all, and I'm hearing Ernie say, no, she wasn't run over, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I go, I said, I, by that time I got in the, I was trying to get in the car and he had boinked it, locked it, you know, which right. was smart on his part. So people couldn't be getting in. My purse was in there and everything. And, um, I said, unlock the car. I want to get in. I want to go. And so he unlocked the car and I climbed in and I looked back and he's still out there talking to the guy. I said, come on, let's go. You know, so he opens the door and gets in, and he's still talking to the guy. I said, Ernie, who is, that? Who is this guy you're talking to? I said, it's just, this is not a police officer. What the fuck are you telling him shit for? You don't know who he is. Right. What do you, you know, what's, what, you know? And he said, oh, he, yeah, he got in the car then and shut the door, and the guy kind of smiled at me and, and went on up the street. He says, oh, he, Ernie says, he just lives up the street here across the street. Well, I said, well, you don't need to be telling him her shit. 
you don't know who he is to her. You don't know who they are to them. You know, geez, Louise, I was surprised he had done that, frankly. It's not his thing usually. But anyhow, so, um, so that guy left. Ernie got in the car. Um, the paramedics or the fire engine was pulling up or had pulled up and the, the fire guys were walking up to the scene. And I looked around me to make sure that grandchildren weren't milling around in the street. And as carefully as I could, I signaled to turn, rolled my window down, said, thank you guys for showing up, rolled my window back up, and drove off. At which point, Ernie said, call David, because uh, somehow he knew there had been a call from you. And... Oh, I guess he had heard the phone ring, was uh-huh. what it was. And he couldn't find it in my purse. No joke. I couldn't either. That's why I was using his phone to start with. So, um, he said, he said he had looked at the phone, I guess, and saw that it was you that had tried to call. And so that's when I called you because Rebecca and Aaron had seen from looking back on the situation because well, they had seen the woman in the street. She, she jumped out in front of them. Oh, she had done. Oh, see, now see, I she didn't almost know that. Got, she almost got hit. Yeah, I didn't know she had done that. Because when I saw her, they were well past her right. by the time I saw her. And it looked to me as though she was just like walking across the street, which she may have done. She may have gone back to her side of the street, you know, after they passed. And then she must have seen me coming and thought, oh, good, there's another guy I can grab for help. You right. know, who knows what... If anything was going on in her head, the the family said she had been drinking. I'll take their word for it because she d- she did not appear to have all her faculties. She did appear to be under the influence either of sheer terror and or some sort of substance. Substance, yeah. And I don't know what. Maybe both. I don't know. She was, uh, and and you know how sometimes. Drama queens can take a situation and say Escalate he's it. trying to rape me when he was really just winking at her. Who knows? <laughs> On the other hand, it may have been a very serious uh, attempt at molestation. I don't know. It's not my job to know. not my job to worry about it. But it was uh, after I talked with you, we went to that store, which by then had closed. Nice. Thank you. And so we went home, stopped at Del Taco, got a couple of burgers tacos, whatever the hell we got, went home, and I ate, uh, sort of knowing what I was eating, and I laid down on the couch, and I went to sleep for three hours. It was, for me, a very wearing experience. It really, really wore me out, because I'm used I'm used to emergency-type situations, but I'm not used to having to deal with them with 16 or 17 inputs right. from other people. I could have dealt with her if they'd, if they'd all not been there. I would have had no problem with her. I could have handled the situation just fine. But all of the, all of the input I was getting was it just, you know, it was just more than I could handle. And it was, it was a little upsetting too to have her just whacking away on my car screeching, you know, please help me and all of this kind of stuff. And I, and I I'm like, yeah, I'll help you. Get your ass out of the street. We'll talk, okay? But I'm not going to get out of the car and I'm not going to turn off my engine. I'm not that stupid. I want to help you. So anyway, it was it was a very uh 
upsetting uh, experience. And, uh, you know, I replayed the video 12 times when I went to bed, which really pissed me off because I hate doing that anyhow, but I especially hate doing it for circumstances like that where right. I really... You know, I felt beset upon, if that's a fair term. I mean, I know she had a problem, but, um, and I'm really usually pretty good at not letting people make their problems my problem. Right. But this was thrust upon us in such a way that we really didn't have a choice. You know, I mean, not really. I, I, I could have, I could have gotten her off the road and then I could have driven on, but I, I couldn't do that. Right. I just, that wasn't, that's not me. Well, which is interesting too, because, you know, that's still just right down the street from my house. And, yeah. And for the most part, this is a fairly good neighborhood. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a middle yeah. class neighborhood. You know, yeah. there's not that many, um, what's the word? I, I guess scummy people, if, if that's an appropriate. Right. And the, the people who showed up, they were an odd assortment, uh, racially mixed, um, Apparently socially mixed, if they're, if that's a fair term. Uh-huh. Some were dressed up nicely and others not so much. Um, they all, they all had smartphones. <laughs> they're ahead of me there. Uh, all expressing deep concern about the woman. Right. So apparently there's a good familial tie there, a good strong familial tie. Uh, because it wasn't just the grandkid that was upset the, and the daughters who were, I mean, everybody there was upset right. for this woman. So, um, you know, she apparently has a good, uh, support structure in her, in her family. What she was doing over at this other place, which apparently, like I said, one of the daughters apparently is from that other place. And what's going on over there and who the scuzzball is that is in question and apparently not just in this woman's opinion, but in the daughter's as well. Because she was, she was telling the officer when I was telling him that, that the woman indicated to me she was, they were attacking her. She was, someone was attacking her, trying to rape her. This daughter shows, she gets her smartphone out and she's showing the officer, I know the, the SOB that lives over there and he's this and that, you know, and she's bad mouthing this poor guy, you know. Who not there to defend himself, right. apparently, uh, to the officer trying to let him know, you know, this is who it is, you know. So it, it, it was, um, I don't want to go through something like that again for a while. That's the second time in 40 years that I've had somebody try to hurt themselves in my presence like that. And I don't, I don't, I don't like it. It's not, not my cup of tea at all. And while all this is going on, I'm like, do, 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 do. I wonder what's on TV. Yeah. And then I get a call uh from Rebecca and Aaron, Rebecca and Aaron. Yeah. And Rebecca's like is Mary I mean say I mean whatever her name is, is she <laughs> Yeah, I go by more than one name. <laughs> I have my name and then I have my nom de plume as it were. Yeah. And I'm like what are you talking about? And she's like have you heard anything from her? And I was like no. And wasn't um, expecting to. She said, well, this crazy ass lady jumped out in front of the car, you know, their car. Yeah. And she goes, I almost hit her. Yeah. She was yelling and screaming. She couldn't make out what she, because the yeah. windows were rolled up. Yeah. And she goes, I'm just concerned that, you know, she tried to jump in front of, of your guys. Yeah, she totally did. She, t- she didn't try to jump in front of the car. I was going slowly enough because I saw her coming. I would have done the same thing for, for a dog. Right. I mean, there's something in the street besides a car, okay? And it's not where it belongs. So I'm going to slow down because I don't want to hit whatever it is. It right. turned out to be a person. 
Um, so I was really going very, very slow. I wasn't going 10 miles an hour right. when she accosted my car. I haven't even looked at the car to see if there's blood or anything on it, um, which is odd. I probably would have done had I thought about it, but I didn't really think about it. Anyhow. But Rebecca asked me, she's like, well, would you call and, and make sure she's okay? And that's when That's I when called. you tried to call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which was weird because I probably... Had they not let you know what was going on, I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have told you about it today. Right. But it wasn't. And I, when I <laughs> called you, I didn't go into as much detail as I did just now because I, I couldn't. It, it was, uh, it wore me out. It wore me out. I'm too old for that kind well, of shit. Well, if you, if, if you haven't noticed something, and <laughs> I said this last night on, on the end of scene red mm-hmm. about being family, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I say, you're my family. Mm, yeah, I know. I know. That was all. I know. We're all family. I know. So. I know. And I feel that way too, but I wouldn't have called you and told you about it last night because it would have been too much to go through. Right. As it was, it, I got, you got as much as I could give last night. Right. I couldn't have done that twice. And, and, and then on the way home, I was telling Ernie, I said, well, maybe, I said, maybe, cause I'm, you know, trying to think where, you know, did, did that, how did that happen? Did I, did I, do I remember it right? Did, you know, and I said, I'll bet you those people think I ran over her because I said, the way she was, well, yeah, because when I got out of the car and I looked back, it, the position she was in on the ground and the position my car was in, it looked like I could have knocked her down and then sort of pulled off the road and mm. stopped, which of course didn't happen. But I mean, it could have looked like that. Right. Especially to hysterical family members who were coming up on the scene, seeing my car off ahead of this lady laying on the ground. And that's why the neighbor from across the street from her, uh-huh. or from that house anyhow, had said, had she got run over? You know, and I, so I told Ernie, I said, they must all think I ran over her. And he said, well, I think they know better. And, and, and I sort of, then I remembered this one guy that had been kneeling over her had said, Asked me, had she been run over? And I said, no, she hadn't been run over. I said, she was banging on my car. And I went through the whole thing again. You know, so the, the, the family all heard that story at right. least three times. Probably four or five counting the times I had to tell it to the The only thing cop. I, I find very strange about that is how did they look, if they've been looking for it, and mind you, we left. I know, since one o'clock. How, how come it took them so long? Eight hours to find her. Right. Because it was around 8 o'clock. Well, it was just before 8 o'clock because we went to the store that we were going to go to. Mm-hmm. They were just closing up, and they closed at 8. Mm. So it was between 7.30 and 8. They'd been looking for her for seven and a half hours, roughly. And but, that's not. And this isn't that big a town. No. That, you know. and they, they showed up. They found her just... You know, At the same time, yeah. I, everybody found her. Right. Yeah, I know. It's it was it was strange, and she did not have anything on her person in terms of a purse or a phone or anything like that. She left the wherever she was. She apparently left it in a big hurry because right. she didn't have anything. She didn't have a coat, nothing. She just apparently fled the scene, as it were. And ran for help, as any of us might have done. You know, the, again, that stretch of the road is very dark without the cars there with their headlights right. and stuff. It's a dark stretch of road. Yes. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna be in a, in a dangerous situation. You're gonna get 
out of there as fast as you can and you're going to run and the first person you see you're going to yell for help with. And if they don't stop or can't stop or whatever, then you're going to go for the next one. It was all very normal in that respect. Right. It's just not something that you expect to have happen when you get in your car and drive home from somebody's house. You just, I suppose I should have expected it, but I just, you know, it's... No, it's something. It's not. It's not something that you see yeah. in the norm. No, no, and it was. It was. It was very, very upsetting. St- I still get upset about it when I think about it because I even asked her. I said, "Is there anything in the paper today?" And he goes, "Are you kidding? This paper?" <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. But you know, like they're never on top of the news, right? You know, three weeks later you'll <clears throat> see something. But anyhow. Well, actually, um, I I was going to ask Lace when she's up and around again. I'll ask her to check the. The news group that yeah, she's part she does, of. Yeah, she does get some news there. And because the paramedics were called, you know, it's possible. And then one of the daughters told her, you know, I'll go to the hospital with you, Mom, and, you know, stuff like that. So presumably they actually did. I hope. It was weird, too, because Ernie was standing beside me at one point, and the officer was there, and he was trying to get the woman to get up. And Ernie's going, don't get her up. You know, because we don't know why she went down. Right. Uh, we were, she, oh, fuck. She was behind me. I'm in the car phoning. Ernie's in the car with me at that point still. We're phoning, trying to get help, trying to explain to dispatch what the fuck is going on. And this, the next thing I know, she's down on the ground. I don't know whether she passed out and hit her head. I don't know whether she, I don't, I have no idea. What put her on the ground? Right. I know I didn't, but I don't know what did. Right. So, and neither does the officer. So, for him to encourage her to get up, and then he's trying to get people to to get her off the, you know, pick her up and move her off the ground. And we're like, no, don't, don't, you know, wait till the paramedics come, you know. And I had a, I had somebody actually got a blanket, you know, right. they had one of those travel emergency blanket things, uh-huh. and we had it on her for a while, and then when. I don't know why, but one of the daughters decided to take it off of her. So here she is laying on the cold ground again without a blanket on her. And that's when I started losing it as far as trying to get this organized. It wasn't happening. There were just too many corks in the in the pond. And I wonder how many of those people were intoxicated themselves. Oh, they probably were. You know, they were looking for her since 1 o'clock. I'd probably been drinking since 1 o'clock. Who knows? (laughs) They all been sitting in the car driving. Who knows? Or, you know, sitting in the... Sitting in the car in their parking lot thinking they're driving. Yeah. Know, that, like that old Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Could yeah. totally hey, have been. Hey, man. How am I driving, I know, eh? Man. Oh, yeah, man. I think you're still in bark, man. Yeah. So it could have been something like that. I, I really don't know. But it was at that point that I kind of realized that, you know, and I just, uh, Ernie, Ernie told the officer, don't, don't, don't try to move her. And I think it may have sunk in. And bless him for saying that because I, I, I wasn't thinking at that point. Right. You know, I was thinking, yeah, well, maybe we ought to get her, you know, and I wasn't like, no, you know better than that. You don't want to move her. You don't know what put her down. You know, but the sad thing you is, know? and I'm sitting here thinking about this, if I put myself in that scenario, if I thought she was like crackhead looking. Oh, see, now I've seen, I've seen crackers. And, and I, she wasn't. She wasn't. No. Okay. No, she wasn't. She was hysterical because she was scared shitless. I can, I know that. I know she was scared. The, the point that I would make would be, was her source of fear legitimate? Right, right. And that I don't know. 
Could it have been magnified by her condition of being under the influence of something? But she didn't look cracked out. She did not look cracked to me. No, not at all. But she, she did, and, and when she was laying there on the ground, uh, that's why I was concerned that they don't move her, because I thought she'd hit her head. She looked dazed and confused. And just, again, almost. Maybe they tried to slip or something. Yeah, they could have. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it got so out of hand. I was so glad that that officer was there. It's to me amazing that he's actually doing that area, patrolling that area singly. He was the only officer that was there. Really? One guy. They ought to be in pairs. I agree. In that part of the country. I'm sorry, but especially at that hour of night. Well, it wasn't that late, but still. You know, if this if this was summertime, it would have been broad daylight. Nobody would have thought twice about that. But, you know, it's dark. It's a dark street, and this one cop in the car, that's oh, yeah. not enough. By 6 o'clock at night, it's pitch black. Yeah, that's not enough people, in my opinion. The paramedics, when they showed up, there were three of them, and maybe more. I don't know. I saw three. And, and boy, they were welcome, as far as I was concerned. You know, the more the merrier. Right. Get some help out here, because y'all got yourself... <laughs> A chunk to deal with. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm gone. And I told Ernie, I said, you know, they've got, because she asked me my last name and I told, or she asked me my name and I gave her our last name and what number was I calling from and I gave her that. And I, so I told him, I said, if they want to know anything more from me than I told them already, they've got our name and phone number. They can certainly call. Right. If they think I can shed any light on you know what happened and i really can't all i can tell him is how it came to be that she was finally stopped in that spot and the family converged on her that much i can tell him because that that was me doing it me being there her stopping us and so on right the rest of it i don't know shit about so i couldn't help him <clears throat> And again, when this was all going on, I was like, oh, I wonder what's on TV. I think I'll have some more cake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not something you expect to have happen. No. It's not. It's, it's, you know, you get in the car and you think, okay, I'm going to go to here, go to that store. I'm going to go home. I'm going to, you don't expect to be driving down the street and have some crazy lady run into you and start banging on your car saying, help me, help me. They're trying to rape me. You don't expect that. Well, and she's fortunate that she you know, didn't get her ass ran over, you know, physically she's ran over. She's damn lucky she didn't. Now, in my case, I had, like I said, I'd slowed down enough that it wasn't an issue because I, I have very good brakes. Lacey can tell you. I have excellent brakes. Yes. Uh, she can stop on a penny. I, so I, I can stop on a nickel or a penny and give you change. It, <laughs> it's that good. Right. And I was not going fast because I had seen her. Plus, we had just made the turn. Right. We had just turned off, ran onto Navajo, and bam, there she was. You know, I wasn't going fast to start with. You know, I don't make fast turns. I'm an old lady. I drive, I wait for my compass to catch up with me when I make a turn. Right. So, uh, you know, I wasn't going more than 20 miles an hour when I saw her, and I slowed to 10 right away. Yes, she was clothed. You'll yeah. have to listen to this. It episode. looked, it looked to me as though there was blood on her shirt, but in retrospect and looking at her down on the ground, I could not really tell, cause I made a point to look at the shirt. I wanted to see, was it really blood or not? If it was blood, it was very smeared, but it kind of looked, it could, and in the, the light of headlights, which is not 
good light. You, I couldn't tell if it was red blood or rust. Right. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and I couldn't see any cuts on her face. Um, I, I, and I don't, I'm trying to remember if she had shoes on or not. I don't remember noticing whether or not she had shoes. She must have done, but you never know. She could have come out barefoot. I don't know. But she was dressed. Well, she's somebody's grandma, so she's at least 45 or 50. Maybe she looked more than that. Um, if, if I had to speculate, given her size and what little knowledge I have of what she'd been doing that afternoon and whatnot, I'd say she'd been road hard and put away wet two or three times. So maybe drug problems? No, probably alcohol. But, um, but anyhow, uh, whatever, you know, whatever her problem was, she still has it, unfortunately. And, but I told, uh, David, she has a huge family support system because there were 15 or more people there and they were all extremely concerned for her well-being, all of them. So... Then that's in her favor. Well, we have visitors to the set tonight. Yeah, for real. The baby is in here billing and cooing, as it were, because she's wide awake tonight, which is fine. Yeah, well, it's actually really early. It is early, <coughs> yeah. It feels late because it's dark. Like right. I said, that was kind of the way it was last night. It feels... There's a paper inside there, Lace. Okay. All right, let's call it a week. Okay, are we done? Yeah, I'm. It's just too much residual. It's yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry it took the whole show just to tell that stupid story. No, no, that's fine. Hmm. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya, <laughs> and I am S. Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think, well, and now, now you know. know. See you next week. Good night. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. Or S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. The game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.